Welcome to the Wolfhounds Podcast from the DMZ and beyond. Hear stories, memories, and more from the Vietnam veterans who served faithfully in Vietnam. You've never heard Vietnam like this. Welcome to the microphone, your host. Did this guy even serve? Tim Quintrell. Thank you very much. Can I be in charge for a while? What's happening, everybody? We're back for our third. We have already got two episodes under our belt. And if you listened at all to episode two, we talked with Bob Moose Mollenauer, and we just started to get into the nitty gritty of some of his injury. And and some of you would think that's pretty sick that we're doing a podcast about a veteran's injury. I say that's some of the some of the most valiant efforts we can take to honor our veterans who served is to have them talk about their story, their service, and their life after service. So this morning we're going to get right into it. I want to welcome back to the microphone, first of all, John, Big John Quintrell. How you doing today, John? Hey, we're doing just fine, Big Tim. We're in Helena, Montana. We're uh broadcasting live and direct and we've also got with us on the show again for part two bob moose mollenhauer bob how are you my friend great buddy thanks for coming back on the show with us for part two so the last time we talked you were talking to us about um basically you and russ bruns took an rpg round to your bunker you were in front of the bunker off maybe 10 feet and this RPG hits and it explodes and you and Russell are instantly blinded. All you can do at that point is call for doc Turner. And, and you had mentioned in, in our last podcast that basically that's all you had from then on, you found yourself in the hospital. Is that, is that correct? Yep. Yep. I sure was. So what happened when, do you, do you remember like the chopper ride from, from the battle zone to the hospital or were you, in and out of consciousness at uh, that point. Well, I was in and out of consciousness, but I remember they on the top because it seems I remember that the chopper was full, but they did somehow or another squeeze me in there. I got on the on the floor to wow, but the, I blacked out again and was just gone. So where was, where uh, was uh? Go ahead, Moose. Sorry, buddy. I I believe when I got back to Fitzsimmons, I was under an induced coma for a, a period of ten days or more. I I just don't remember. I was still at Twelfth Evac Hospital when when uh, uh, Paul Nasal came in after he'd been injured, and that was well. I got hurt on the fourth of February, and he got hurt on the twenty third. Wow, and he was was, up walking. was Russ Bruns there with you guys as well? I don't know what happened to Russ if he was there or got shipped out immediately to another hospital. Uh, Russ lost an eye in his vision, but he, being that he was behind the bunker, he didn't get a lot of shrapnel like I did. So tell I us, a, t- yeah, tell us the extent of your injuries. Well, I, uh, I was, I was burned. Bad side, my face, and my right side. I got shrapnel from head to toe. Uh, got a big scar on my right arm that's been there forever, and and uh, that was from an engineer stick that got blown apart and run through my arm. 
Oh, my goodness. I lost some toes in the situation and ended up with a pin in one knee and a, a screw in my one in my right hip. But and a, and a lot of internal injury. Uh, in fact, I lost part of my colon. Stomach. Uh, yeah, it was. I was busted up pretty good. I spent actually eight months in the hospital. Did you uh, have any days in that time when you? Uh, I, I don't know how to say it, but did you ever have any days when you just felt like you know I can't. I, this is not worth it. I cannot go on. No, I never did. I, and I don't know why. I had problems. But I, I, for whatever reason, I <coughs> I had that long duration of transport from the time I got hurt until I got back to Fitzsimmons, which was, uh, well, from, from the 4th of February till the, probably the last week in May when I got back to, to Fitzsimmons. And I got to spend my 21st birthday at Simmons in the hospital. That was just days after I got there. You know, this is, this is pretty intense. You, you went through the list of things that happened in battle. You lost, you had internal injuries, hip, toes. You, I mean, your, your one eye, your, now your eye did you didn't lose your eye, correct? You just got shrapnel in your eyes. No. I just had shrapnel in my eyes. And did they and it was that both eyes? Both eyes. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was totally blind for about 7 months. I couldn't see the lights come on. What what was it like to be blind? I I, I not in, in any disrespect to anybody who doesn't have their sight, but oh, no. what does that like what was it like for you to not be able to see? It was it was tough. I mean, to the point when I got back, they wanted me to get up and exercise, get out of bed. Uh, and I still had, I mean, I was bandaged pretty much from head to toe. And uh, they wanted me to get up and walk down the hall, you know. And, of course, in these veterans' hospitals, there's always a handrail there. So you go up and down the hall, I'd run into things that I'd they were actually at, at by the time that Russell had left, probably three four months. Uh, they were teaching me how to read Braille because at that time they didn't think there was anything that they were ever going to do for my vision. That's that's incredible. And today, uh, when, knock knock on wood. When when did you? We'll come back. When did you receive your sight? back where where you're where you could see and live life quote unquote normally again well it was about that time i'm, I'm guessing maybe june or july of that first year 1969 that i met a doctor there that had just come back from overseas doing some study work and he came into my uh, into my room and it was Bill Calhoun. You've met him. He's been at the reunions. He lives in Oregon. And uh, he came in and he gave me I've looked at things in Europe that I think might help you. 
and it's your opportunity. He says, if if you want me to, I'll I'll do surgery. And uh, he says, you think about it for a day or two, and I'll come back and we'll visit. And I says, there's there's no doubt in my mind. I said, just set it up and we'll do it. Wow. What was the so so basically what was what was he going to do? Was he going in and going to just remove the shrapnel? He he moved removed shrapnel several times. He went in and did cornea transplants. He did it and went in and did nerve surgery. I had that first year that I was at Fitzsimmons. I had surgery, eye surgery, every six months for a year. Hmm. Every I'd six every six treat. months or every six weeks. Every six months for the first year. Okay, but I had several surgeries that first month. Wow. And then when I got to the point, well, I could see by then, after the first surgery, believe it or not, I could sit up in bed and see the lights from a period of being blind at, say, 7 o'clock in the morning to being able to see the lights come on by noon. Well, that's outstanding. And within, we brought in a, a newspaper uh, from the Denver area, and I could see, I couldn't read it, but I could see the big print on the white paper. And at well, this I'll tell point, you, this big, big John here, Moose, that had to have right there been a game changer for you. Oh, I was. mean, as far as all those thoughts that you must have had about I might not ever see again, that's, oh, that's, yeah. per, that's pretty permanent, you know? Yeah, well, they'd been telling me that. I mean, they were, at that point, you know, they were, Talking about teaching me how to read Braille. Yeah. Tell us what it was like to go home back to Minnesota. That first time was really something. Uh, I got home, and, of course, my folks were anxious, and my family was anxious, and all of my friends, my high school buddies. Uh, I was was nothing but busy, and I couldn't go anyplace. I was was pretty much homebound. But they all came to visit. You know, everybody came to the house was just a beehive full of people. What what was your folks' reaction? Well, it was pretty tough, you know. When I when I got hurt, uh, like I say, I was at I was at Fitzsimmons for thirty eight months, and my dad couldn't pull himself to come visit. Mm. Now Fitzsimmons was in Colorado, correct? Yeah, Denver. Yeah, some sometimes sometimes we we don't know how to process pain and tragedy and trauma. You know that, don't you? Oh yeah, I don't know yet. Yeah, well, and and you know what's interesting is you came home from Vietnam and you decided. I think you decided in the hospital you weren't going to be a victim. And oh, definitely. From what I've heard yeah. about your life, you came home from Vietnam. You had a very good marriage. You had children. You had a good career, and you've spent a lot of your life giving back. Why don't you spend some time and tell us about? your life after Vietnam? Well, I, uh, when I was coming back and forth, uh, probably in, in 71, I met my wife. I was actually at that time, I was up uh, uh, cooking. I did some cooking in the officer's club at Fitzsimmons the last six months I was there. And, uh, I, uh, Got into catering when I got back here for a little bit. Uh, 
I was commander of the American Legion. Uh, the first year I was home, I was commander of the American Legion here. I was, uh, they wanted to get me in to be the first Vietnam vet commander in the state of Minnesota, but I didn't quite make it. I was beat out by two days by a very good friend of mine that I met years later uh, from Worthington over here. But he got installed two days before I did, so he was, of course, the first Vietnam vet Legion commander in Minnesota. But I was very active in the Legion, the VFW. Uh, still not active, but I'm a life member in both. I'm a life member of the Order of Purple Heart. Uh, I spent a lot of years uh, with the VFW and Legion. I probably 20 years ago, I just kind of backed out of it. It's time for the young guys and the, from the from the wars to be on us over the range and, and run it the way I wanted to. But, hey Moose, this is John again. Yeah. A lot of a lot of people don't know that guys like you and I, when we got back from Vietnam, we tended to uh use alcohol to try to numb the pain and forget the horrible things that happened. And I know uh you and I have talked about this. You and I uh did that and it and it really caused our lives a lot of problems however I, I what i want what i want people to understand is that uh you were able to through i'm gonna let you tell the story but tell us how how your life got changed around my wife got sick of the way i was <laughs> but yes that's that's part of it and and i got sick of the way i was i got so bad that, that i i just couldn't do anything I, I I couldn't function anymore. Physically, I could function, but to accomplish, it just was not there. And, and I then, knew, in I, had, I knew inside I had to change. And uh, 38 years ago plus now that uh, I haven't had a drink since. I ran into some good people. Uh, I always say I'm one of the luckiest guys in the country because I have my AA group. I have my veterans group. And I have hundreds of friends that support me. Those down days just transpire. They don't they uh they don't have to be down days. And it's because of other people. You know? Moose, what I want you to do, and this is what people don't know, you've spent many, many years helping guys that had the same problem we did, find oh, help through the AA and so forth. And you've also helped a lot of guys get their benefits from the VA. Tell us just a little bit about that. Well, I, uh, I, through AA, I, of course, got to meet more people and, and more veterans and, and through the Legion and the VFW and, and uh, just got active trying to get people what they had coming, you know. And, and like you, John, we meet, we meet guys that, that say they don't, they don't have it coming and they don't need it and they don't. You know, for whatever reason, they have some kind of an excuse. And those are the guys that, 
that I really chase. Mm-hmm. We're both, there are people out there that, yes, they have it coming, but uh, I, I don't even know how to define all that. I, I think, but, I think Moose, you brought up a sensitive subject. I think Big John's one guy that definitely has it coming. Uh, I think there's a line forming of guys that we, uh, John deserves it. He's got it coming. Um, I think he's got it coming. If you if you know what I'm talking about, I think he's definitely got it coming. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Yeah. And, well, and one of these days he's going to get it if I have to drive <laughs> you, Listen, I know. Listen, I know where he lives. I'll give you his address. I promise you, we can get to him. So you so you spent your life helping others, helping men. Uh, get to a better place. You've kept some of the best friends in life that uh, a guy can have. You've been married how many years? Well, it'll be fifty in October. Congratulations, fifty years! What a what a monument of uh, love and uh, cherishing your wife. Uh, her name's Patty, correct? Right. And then you have two boys. Yeah, Sam and Matt. And uh, you're proud of them, and you're a grandfather now. Is that correct? You're a grand. You've got a couple yeah, grandchildren. Three grandsons. My oldest one just got done playing in the twelve-year-old World Series out in in uh, Cooperstown. Well, uh, it's been a couple months now. How how did you? Uh, they they were the only team that that was there that isn't a made-up team. They were their own little hometown team, the 11 kids that played all for years together. Uh, and uh, they won nine out of 11 games. That's incredible. That is absolutely they incredible. The they were the talk of the town out there. My son still talks about that every time I, I hear from him. Uh, but they were out there and played 11. I think they played 11 games in seven days. So Moose, I'm going to ask. That's pretty yeah, that's pretty amazing. Well, I'm going <laughs> to I'm going to ask you to leave us with uh, if you if you've got a young person, say they're they're in their 30s or younger. What are you going to? If there was any wisdom you could impart to the younger generation about the day and times we live in, what would you want to say to them? Have faith in yourself. We're in we're in some real trying times now, and let your conscience uh, be your guide, I guess would be the way I'd say it. We all, we all know right from wrong, or we've been taught right from wrong. And, you know, do your best to, to make the right decision. And, and if you can't make a decision, ask for help. I, uh, that's one thing I learned through all of this, that uh, I'm not afraid to ask for help. Uh, when I get to that, situation uh i need help and i can i can uh, succumb to that there are people out there that god knows can can give you a hand if you're in, in any kind of trouble i don't care if it's physical mental uh, drugs alcohol financial whatever it is uh don't fight the battle alone there are people there don't hey, fight Tim. the battle alone. Yes, sir. At a later podcast, I want to get Moose back again. 
And I want, see, because he, he wouldn't bring this up on his own, but I want to go through some examples of how Moose saved the platoon from uh, destruction on more than a couple of occasions. And those are really interesting stories. And uh, one of them in particular, Moose went against orders, and uh, it turned out that uh, the orders were completely wrong, and Moose used his instinct and, and uh, took us to a safe place. And, and I don't want to get too far into it, but we'll do this at a later podcast because Moose was a great soldier. He was really a good soldier, and he saved, uh, he saved a lot of lives by, by what he was able to do, walk and point and, and so forth. So, Moose, uh, before we leave, I want to thank you, buddy. Uh, I love you, and you mean the world to me. And I can't, I can't thank you enough for, you know, what you did for us in Vietnam. I love you too, brother. And hang in there. Carry on, buddy. It's a, yeah. it's a great thing. I, uh, I'm honored to be here. Well, you, you know what? You, you deserve to have your story uh, told. And by God, that's what, that's what we're going to do. I think, Moose, uh, if you have that duper, if you would send it to me next time I go to Helena, I think what would be very appropriate is for us to have Dad on his four-wheeler on his property and me kind of try to... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Moose, thanks a lot for joining us on the Wolfhounds podcast. We'll talk to you later, my friend. All right, buddy. Take care. All right, bye-bye. Take take care, Moose. Bye-bye. Wow. What a crazy interview with a guy that goes to Vietnam. He, in that few minutes we were together, he didn't even fully describe the trauma. You know, I, I want to go, I want to go back. I mean, we, there's going to be another chance to talk to him. And, you know, some of the, some of the stuff that he did in Vietnam was just so, uh, out of out of the box let me tell you and and as a result of it uh that's probably one of the reasons i'm here today what uh let's go back you had talked about moose had to get debrading what what is that well that's where they the skin has to be peeled off in layers the skin dies and then they peel that off so that the the fresh new skin can come to the surface and it's a very painful, very, very painful. How, how many times do you think he went through that? Oh, 100 probably. Oh, my gosh. Well, I appreciate the time, my friend. And we will get back one more time. This is this. We've already got three episodes and uh, we're excited for what's coming in the rest of season one. If you haven't been with us and you just tuned in, you can subscribe. You can go back to the previous episodes. And we just want to say thank you again. If you want to check out the Wolfhounds, you can go to YouTube and type in Wolfhounds Forever. There's over 100 interviews. You can also go to the website, uh, www.wolfhoundssecond27th.org. And you can also go to Facebook, and you can see the Wolfhounds there. All right, friends, on behalf of Tim Quintrell and my co-pilot, John, Big John Quintrell, in the words of Jimmy Buffett, Keep rocking in the free world. We'll see you next time on the Wolfhounds podcast. 
You want more of the Wolfhounds? Go to the Wolfhounds website, wolfhoundsecond27th.org. Join us on YouTube for over 100 interviews. Keywords, Wolfhounds forever. Until next time, remember this. The freedom of this great nation was built on the blood, sweat, tears, and graves of those brave men and women who served and served this country well. Thanks to all our Wolfhounds brothers and sisters. Nek Espera Tarrant. Thank you.